Welcome to Hello Universe, a podcast about spirituality in our everyday lives. We're your co-hosts, Kylie and Eva. Hey everyone, it's Eva here. Welcome back to another episode of Hello Universe. And wherever you guys are, I hope that you are spiritually feeling fed, nourished, joyful, And if you're not, maybe you're feeling a little bit confused, lost, crazy. Do not worry. I promise you that is also part of the journey. (laughs) If you learn to ride the wave, usually at the end of that wave is big, 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 big medicine and portal to liberation. So wherever you are, it is all good. Okay, this week, well, first I want to say a shout out to Kylie. She's currently in Italy on her family vacation, having a really great time. Cannot wait till she gets back so that we can unpack everything that she learns. Um, that being said, we have such a good episode for you this week, y'all. I am so excited. Probably one of the episodes I, I have been more excited about recently because the conversation is just so juicy. Um, I asked my good friend, Victoria Jane to join us and gosh, there's so many things I want to say about this. Okay. So first of all, we talk a lot about choicelessness in this conversation, which I'm not even going to begin to explain in this intro. We, cause again, that's what this whole episode really dives into. Um, but it really is a way like after the conversation, I feel like it was really helpful in helping me and Kylie dive deeper into our experience of full fucking surrender to life in the most beautiful way so that we could be again, more available, less fearful, um, and just enjoy the time that we have right now, which is, I think all we ever really want. Um, it's one of those conversations that makes my brain go like, like, (laughs) like my brain is melting kind of like, I don't know why this is what's coming up for me right now, but like doing whippets. I don't know for if there's any degenerates out there who like me, you were doing whippets in your car when you were whatever, 19. Um, (laughs) it just, it's just this feeling of like my brain is expanding, but it actually doesn't feel of mind. It really feels like consciousness is expanding where I'm understanding in my body, something more important. (laughs) Um, yeah, that helps me let go. And I think just appreciate myself and this life a little bit more. So I cannot wait for you guys to, yeah, like Kylie and I, like we haven't been able to stop thinking about this topic of choicelessness and how it's just showed, it has showed up into our light in our lives after this conversation again and again and again, and we haven't been able to stop thinking about it. And I really hope that um, this conversation has that sort of profound effect for you all as well. Okay. So what else do I want to say about Victoria? I, sh- I shouldn't be surprised that that's like the conversation that we ended up having because Victoria is a good friend of mine. And these are like my favorite kinds of conversations, like the people who will come on here and just like, they're just ready to go in. And I am just so grateful for Victoria. I talk about this a little bit on the podcast, but for context, um, when I was breaking up with Adam, my, you know, I went through a breakup a couple months ago. Victoria was just like such a wonderful, um, support system. Cause she had also gone through a split, a conscious uncoupling, um, which is a phrase that I used to roll my eyes at, but now I actually like really get it <laughs> and believe in it. Um, and it, it was just so nice to have a friend there to sort of shepherd me through the process who had already been there. And so we created this really wonderful relationship. Um, which then brings me to a podcast episode that Kylie and I re- recorded a couple weeks weeks ago titled How to Make Friends as an Adult. And I think I referenced Victoria 
in that conversation because that conversation is a really good one for anyone who's like I feel a little bit isolated I'm in a different place in my life and I would really love to meet people who are more into what I'm into or you know I hear people say a lot that it, they feel like it's hard to make friends as an adult so if or maybe you just like want to get out more and do more things with new people I would suggest that you go back and listen to episode 145 making friends as an adult um because again Victoria is like one of those people that <laughs> we actually met through a course um an online course and yeah it's just proof to me that I don't actually think making friends as an adult has to be hard I don't subscribe to that story okay what else do I want to say before we dive into the conversation a few things I want to share. So Kylie and I have been talking about ways that we can, um, you know, share with podcast listeners ways to get involved with our work when we're not doing like big course launches and maybe things that feel a little bit more bite-sized and accessible. Kylie just came out with her new website, um, KylieCaldwell.com. I definitely recommend you guys go check it out. It's really beautiful and there's free resources on there. Um, you know, you don't always have to jump into a course to work with us. We always have something, other little things that we are sharing with you all. So go check out her website. And for me, something I want to share with you all is emotional alchemy, something I don't actually talk about a lot, but it's actually one of my favorite things that I've created. It's bite-sized, but also really potent and really fertile. Um, it's emotional alchemy because it's all about how we can turn our emotions into gold. If you've been listening to the podcast, you know that emotions and being with yourself and not running away from your human experience is very much a huge part of the spiritual mentorship that I provide for my clients. Um, if you're someone who wants to have more self-emotional intelligence, who wants to know how to skillfully respond to yourself when things feel shitty or you start to um, numb out or you, you know, all the things that happen when we don't feel like dealing, dealing with our emotions, or even if you don't know how you feel, Emotional Alchemy, I think, is a really wonderful introduction into this work. So you can check out Emotional Alchemy on my website at evaliao.com. Very affordable and accessible. And I hope you guys enjoy it. Okay, so let me introduce Victoria. Victoria Jane is a human design guide who is loves to support people to embody their design with vitality and ease. So funny enough, Victoria is magic is really about human design. And we don't even talk about human design very much in this episode. Um, but I will say that <laughs> I think Victoria has the gift of being able to see people really clearly. I mean, she's a projector like me and that's just one of her gifts. So if human design is something that you're interested in, she's kind of like one of the people who I really trust with this work. And when I figured out that I was a projector in human design, it totally just changed everything for me for the better. Um, so I'm a big fan of human design and yes, if you are interested, I highly recommend that you check out Victoria's stuff. Okay, we hope you enjoy this episode. If you like it, you know, all the things people like, subscribe, share it with your friends, write a review, all these things really, really help. Hi, Victoria. We are so, so, so excited to have you here. Um, welcome to Hell Universe. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here and see both your smiling faces. Yay! Um, this is another one of those confluences of like good friends coming together. So I'm very um, excited that I get to introduce Kylie and Victoria. Victoria, what's something that life is teaching you right now? Oh, I, I know this is something like you had kind of prepped me a little bit before, and I think I told you something and I don't even remember what that was. So the big theme I think is like finding the gold and the, the lessons in a feeling of stuckness mm. and like what comes from like the gold that comes from disillusionment. Ooh. 
<laughs> instantly, I'm like, oh, I understand why you're really good friends with Eva. This all makes sense. <laughs> Can you please say more about that? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think, I, so I know that one of the things you have asked guests, I think in the past, is like some version of like, what's your spiritual practice, right? Mm, mm-hmm. And this relates to me answering your question. Disillusionment specifically for me, I think has come up around this idea of like, what does it mean to have a spiritual business? Mm-hmm. And I imagine that just like, there's many different versions of what does spirituality mean to you, just as many as there are people. It's like, what does having a spiritual business mean also has many, many definitions. And I think something that I'm actively integrating and learning from and don't have any clear answers around yet is an evolution in spiritual business um, for me. Because like, yeah, like, what does that mean? And I think past versions of me would be like, well, you know, it's like conscious and like, there's a connection to spirit and I am the vessel or whatever. Um, (laughs) But I think increasingly something I'm sitting with is how does integrity play a role in spiritual Mm -hmm. business? And as my definition of integrity evolves and deepens, like something that maybe was exciting as an offering a year ago feels empty and hollow now. And like, Mm -hmm. if I'm in integrity with that, how do I honor that? And of course, in facing that question is this disillusionment with like, what I thought I wanted or what I, how I thought it was going to be like, isn't. And also like, again, this idea of spiritual business, um, how much is spiritual and how much is business? Mm-hmm. And sure, sure. Like duality, like you can have both. We're not saying like, let's break these old um, stereotypes of like poverty vows and blah, blah, blah. Not saying that those things can't coexist, but I think for me and my specific personal path in business right now, um, I don't have an answer to that. I don't have an answer to how much is business and this integrity piece in it is this conflict that I haven't solved around, well, maybe what I am here to share with the world feels more like an art and less like a business. And is that okay? Mm. So that's what it meant. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I honestly don't even know where to dig in. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was not love this more. <laughs> Kelly, do you have thoughts? thoughts? Oh, so many thoughts. So, um, I mean, I think about this a lot as someone who's like a deeply spiritual person and a business coach, right? And then, and on the show and behind the scenes, that's often a thing that even though my my business coaching is like, <laughs> you know, 5% strategy, 95% all these other things. Like, this is a question that I find myself like churning through constantly, um and and I also it the more I sit with it in some ways the more I it's like I can feel truth but also it's like the classic thing of like the less you know (laughs) like I'm not I'm not I'm struggling to be articulate because in some ways this feels like you've gifted me access to such a big thing that I walk through but um but I really love this piece that you're speaking to around integrity and the importance of integrity. I got off a consult call for this program I'm running now called Alchemy. And at the end, she said, you know, you and to my business partner, you seem really in integrity. And I almost cried because I was like, oh my God, that's like the only thing I want anyone to say to me in this space of like, let me teach you about money and um, from a spiritual perspective. And then have the person say that's an in- that I'm in integrity because there's so much slime. <laughs> but um, anyway, this is my rambly way of asking if you could offer up a little bit more about of how I think it can be tricky to even recognize 
what it means when something is out of integrity, especially when it once was. And so I'm curious if you could share a little bit what your process is of recognizing like this thing that once was is no longer and how you can kind of hold yourself gently in the like letting go of it and shedding. Yeah. I, can I also add to that? Find out, let me know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I do have some thoughts, but like, I, I guess I wanted to start with that because I don't think there's like a neat end point, you know? Um, but for, for me, part of how I think how I've started to sense this, this shift is on one hand, just like, thank you, life, things, certain things have not felt like they're in flow or like certain, certain things will feel like this isn't working in the way that my mind wants. Um, but another piece is in my, in my work one-on-one with people and in my personal life, because I think it's all, you know, they're both just ways for things to show up. I'm increasingly sensitive to people using human design as a tool for spiritual bypass. Mm. But it's so subtle. It's so subtle because the people that I work with, I mean, they're probably like listeners of this podcast that people you work with, like many years in their personal practice, like done a lot of their, based a lot of their own shadows, like very intuitive, sensitive, willing to look at their stuff. And part of what gets people in the door, I think with a lot of systems, whether it's human design or something else is like, wow, I like see and understand myself in a new way. And now I can act in a new way. Mm. So there's this sort of inherent, like undercurrent of like, you can do something, you can do something to like make things better or be more healed or whatever. But there reaches and that's useful. And there's nothing wrong with that. That was part of my path as well. But then there reaches a point where like, there's actually nothing left to do anymore. Mm. So I want to like just give an example because I I can hear myself starting to get super abstract. Like, you know, I've had people come to me. Okay, so like uh, environments in human design, right? Like this is a big one. And I had my whole like six six plus months of travel last year. It's like okay, there's this premise that there's an environment that our body is most comfortable in. Great, but when someone comes to me and they're like, all these things are going wrong in my life, and like, is it because I don't live on a mountain? I'm like, no, <laughs> you know. <laughs> But the slippery slope to that is so slippery, mm. you know, like to anyway. So that's that's a little ah. bit is like, I think just starting to feel out of integrity with um, I don't want to sell you on fixing something anymore. But the paradox, the paradox is that that's what gets people in the door. And there's also nothing wrong with it. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Right? So you're, you're showing up because there's some discomfort or friction and you want something to be other. And also like and also what I'm offering is to hold this that like what if nothing was wrong yeah yeah it's like it's like right? life jujitsuing you you know like like for me learning as a projector and so burnt out and I, like all of a sudden i'm like oh i i don't need to be keeping up and i don't need to be proving myself open ego like that was true and there was something to do at the time but when you start when something feels uncomfortable and then you reach for the what do i do that's the that's the bypass part versus something just came across my life path and it clicked and now I'm being called into doing something from from like outside of myself. <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm, I'm just like, there's so much to talk about here. And I think all, these are all themes that are like Kylie and I have kind of talked about and struggled with sometimes and have volleyed around because we're just like, um, it is so fucking annoying because I teach this where I, this, this like sense of getting out of doing and, 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 seeing that as sometimes like a, a control response or a mind response. Um, and Kylie can attest every time she's like coached me or given me advice, I immediately go to, okay, now what do I do? 
it's like I I still I still I still I still want that. So on just a personal level, I can relate you give, to this. You give yourself at least a deep breath before you ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you. I I'll take a deep breath, but um, I just don't. I'm just saying. I know this internal, or I know the struggle internally well. Um, but also same. I mean, yeah. same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But and then this other piece about. Well, I think I've said this to you, Kylie, before, and and even and even as I say this, I feel like I've well, I've walked away from it recently. But there have been times in my business where I've been like, I don't like come to me if you don't want to fix anything. Like I we're not we're not here to like fix something. And I have had like like my favorite clients are the ones who have come to me who are like, I don't really know why I'm here, and mm. I don't have anything particularly that I want to work on, but I'm just really open. And then I'm like, yes, let's go, let's play. But that's rare because it's like you know, most of the time people don't come in through the door because of suffering, because they're like something yeah. is off and wrong and I want to fix it. Um, so I don't have the answer either. <laughs> I don't know. And, and, I'm, and I think that it's, I love that you're bringing this up in the context of integrity. Um, and yeah, I don't have the answer. I, one of the lines that I always say in a consult call for like one-on-one coaching is always a point where I say like, also, you don't need me, right? To your point of like, Eva, like you don't need me. Like I, I might help you move faster and like, we will have a ton of fun. And this, you know, it, it first feels like a good fit, but also like, you don't need me. And then sometimes I'm like, am I just pushing a bunch of clients? So is that like a terrible line, right? <laughs> but it's so important to me to hold the space of like, that that I say that in part to, for my own to be in integrity to, for myself. That's like kind of my line for me mm-hmm. to like like reintroduce to like keep reintroducing like this. Like my intention is that this is not a space of fixing, perhaps a space of building or a space of spaciousness. But um, but I think it is a really nuanced thing to hold space for like compassionately for people's suffering and really honor their desire to like create a new experience without doing that from a place of fixing. I think that's, um, and I think that's something that I feel like I have access to in my body more than I have like language for. Like I know when I'm holding space in that way, or I know when someone's holding me in that way, like I can like physically feel the difference. Um, But it's tricky then when you try to like wedge that into capitalism. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And business and survival and all these things. Yeah. Yeah. Can you say more about this art piece? Because I think that's another really beautiful layer of like the potential, I don't know. Yeah. A different, a different way. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think where I've been exploring this is like my identity as a creative, as an artist, because I, didn't grow up as like that being a label that I used for myself like um at all you know I I didn't I wasn't like super into art or drama or anything like that so there's a lot of stereotypes and tropes out there of like oh the starving artist whatever like like I felt like I never struggled with because I was like well I don't even doesn't even apply to me you know um but the more so the deeper I go into design the more I think about and and yeah and specifically like my own design as a as a 6-2 as like a role model um of my life being the offering as well Mm -hmm. and so then thinking about life as art like 
living a template that is not like super common. Um, and so then I'm like, wait, maybe I am like more of an artist than I thought. Mm -hmm. And then all of the stuff that, you know, cause I haven't worked with these artists, um, societal sort of like limiting beliefs or whatever, like at all. So I'm, I've been sort of starting from ground zero, like I'd say in the last six months. And, and I think that playing with just like all the different ideas of that has maybe freed up some more space in this idea of spiritual business, because there are all different kinds of artists. Some make their money full-time from their art, but some people are artists and they like also work at a bar or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, and so that was one thing that just like helped me kind of expand because for the listeners, like my background, you know, I came from a very like academically oriented household. Um, I was like trying to get all the gold stars in my career for a long time. And when I left super burnt out, I didn't, I couldn't see like some of the same scaffolding that I carried with me. Cause I was like, well now like fuck all of that. Right. But I, the scaffolding that I carried, I think was still like, but I'm going to be really good at my business and like whatever. Mm. And I, I could only see that once certain things actually like receded. I was like, okay, you you actually can't get any um, uh, validation from this anymore. And so then, so that's where the inquiry about like artist and creative have been coming in of like, you know, somebody can still call themselves a writer if they haven't published a book, right? Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, there's many different people that are in that situation that might give opposing opinions on other, either side of the line. But I think what comes to, what it comes back to is if you ask that person, like, do you think of yourself as a writer, as a creative, it's about getting to the point where you can say yes and own it if that's if that's true for you, right? So this inquiry of artist creative, it's allowing me to reframe like the if my art is like exploring the art of being a projector, mm. that is whole and complete in and of itself, outside of the scaffolding that I had carried with me that I was trying to like overlay a certain worldview onto. Mm. Oh, I love that. Yeah, oh. I really love that too. Uh, can I ask? So, so essentially, just to make sure I understand and reflect reflect back what I'm hearing, you're, what you're saying is part of your your art. What did you say? You said something really beautiful earlier. It's like your art is how you live your life, and maybe how you're living your life as a projector, or how you're living your life as a human. Is that does that sound accurate? Yeah, I mean, when you say it, it sounds like really aspirational. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm doing that, but, but I'm attempting to. Yeah. Well, okay, I have so many thoughts about this. Partly, I love it because I think it's very bold. I think it's just, it's bold to say, hey, mm. um, this is what I'm offering. And also, it's also, I think, closer to the, that's what I want more than anything else. I think that's true. I only want to be um, learning from people who I think are in it with me and like are, are in them are in it you know and they're um they're doing the damn thing and i will say victoria something that you have done for me very well without even trying which i think is really interesting and i want like listeners to know this is that you go out and like you live your life in this weird ass way <laughs> and i'm like oh my god this is so cool like here's this woman who's just like it's it's contagious and you're modeling for me i think all the possibilities and all um yeah all the possibilities so i may say this and you're, and you're probably just like i'm just living my life but i will say you have had that effect on me and you don't even you don't even know it because you're not you're just living your life but but it's so opening to be in the energy of someone who's like i don't know who's 
really open-minded who's dives into alternative ways of like thinking and being <laughs> so so i think i want to attest that i actually do see that happening that the way that you are living your life does feel like i'm receiving something from that wow <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much i feel like i could cry that was like so kind to receive and i know you mean it too so it's like just uh thank you yeah yeah um i mean i will be really transparent here and i was gonna say this for like the intro but i'll just say it now you okay so when i was deciding whether or not i want to like i was split with my partner ex-partner adam you had like rolled through um portland and i had just met you in this is the first time i was meeting you in person and you had gone through like a conscious separation both with your partner and i just saw you as someone who was like living your full life after a what was probably a very difficult and devastating breakup and so that was kind of gave me it gave me relief because I was in such a transitional phase of like I don't know like you know the death of a relationship can feel like your whole life is ending because it's everything that you know and so I was like oh, I'm like scared biting my nails and I was like oh wait here's this person who's like who's I don't know it just you had this energy of like I'm not saying it's perfect but I'm I'm free like I'm living as a free person and I was like that's what I want because that feels mm. true like I just want to get closer to whatever feels true so Anyway, I don't know if I ever told you that, but I, now I share this very publicly on the podcast. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you so much. I mean, okay. So one that just, yeah, that like hits me right in the heart. That means so much. And something else I want to say to that though, is like, it has felt choiceless. Like, I mean, my whole life, but let's just bring it to the present and say like, since 2017 to 2020 ish, like, uh, like these things that feel hard for me it's like it's like i'm there and it's like ooh, this isn't working anymore like i guess i just got to take the next step you know and yes. i don't know if it felt that way for, for you and kylie i'm sure you've you know we're all human and we've all had <laughs> things come up in our life um but like i was just looking back at like some some note i had written myself a while ago and I was in conversation with a healer that has been super important to me. And I was talking about like feeling scared or something like that. And the, her words to me were that like courage and a feeling of okayness and safety, like those don't just happen. They're not just like mm -hmm. there. Like those are, those are qualities that are forged mm -hmm. like precisely when we feel shaky and insecure and that it's not okay. And then I took that and I was like, so everyone's a coward until they make the courageous choice. And she was like, well, I don't know if I'd call everyone a coward, but I was like, <laughs> that feels true for me. But like truly, like from inside my own experience, it's like, and it's such a, again, and like, it's such a trope. I can hear all these interviews where people have been like, I, I was scared, but I did it anyway. So that's like not what I mean right now. I think it's like, I mean, I guess it is kind of what I'm saying, but just like in the moment things are unfolding, it's always just felt like, choiceless you know and yeah. that's a complete thought <laughs> oh I love this so much okay two things that I'm thinking of I, I I really resonate with what you're saying about I love this your mentor sharing this I, I've been doing a lot of work this this week in particular then my like I'm giving my nervous system love this week and I was thinking this morning like yeah this this is when my daughter's having a meltdown hold on 
we're here. There's three dogs and my mom and my brother and my son and Birdie all in the same thing bed. This is their like little routine. You can leave this in the podcast. People will enjoy this. <laughs> and it's their little routine. But last night Birdie had a meltdown because um there were too many dogs. <laughs> and she had to come up and sleep with me, which usually they want nothing to do with me when I'm here. It's like, Mom, who? Mm-hmm. But last night there were too many dogs, Birdie said, and she had to sleep up here. And she's like really crying right now. So love so much what you're speaking to because um I w- I've been doing some really trying to tend to my nervous system in particular this week just give it some love and I was thinking like and so as a result I've noticed the kind of like I've noticed the ways in which it's on edge because I decided to pay attention to it and I was intentionally thinking like this is the moment when like a calm nervous system is built right it's like noticing that it's not right noticing the absence and then choosing it and I also love what you're saying about it feeling choiceless because I think a lot about how at this point in my evolution, it's increasingly not available to abandon myself. And so there are moments where like there's a seemingly difficult conversation or seemingly scary choice. And it's not that I don't feel afraid, but it's so rooted into my body that I can't reject myself there are plenty of ways where I still reject myself but there's some ways where I it's not an option anymore and it's like uh, oh well it feels choiceless even as it feels scary or hard or uncomfortable um but in those moments I also can feel the weight of all the smaller choices and big choices like waiting like that like are the weight behind that that make it feel choiceless to do the to do the thing even as I'm scared or you know afraid or sad or whatever the case may be i really love what you're saying well i would guess also because in those moments like you can't unknow or unsee like what you now know or see whether that's like oh this doesn't serve me anymore or blah 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 um wait hold on i have have to to interject though because because hold on to that thought but just so i understand and also i'm going to clarify in case anyone listening is wondering, when you say choiceless, though, what you mean is you're up against, I don't know if I'd say you're up against a wall, but you're at a place where you, there is no, like, you have to do the thing. You can't not do the thing that feels, I guess, right to you or true to you. But I think my question is, I, I, I 100% understand what you guys mean. And also, I think I wonder is that really true though? Is it choiceless? Because I think that maybe speaks to more of like your integrity, the both of you, because you could do the other thing, right? You could, you could abandon yourself, Kylie or Victoria, you could stay in the same place. Um, but you can't, I hear what you're saying. You can't because you're like, that's just no longer an option for me. I can't I refuse or I cannot live that way. But I guess I just want to say maybe there should be some props given to the self or ownership of like, you know, because I think a lot of people do stay mm-hmm. stuck and myself included my past me who has stayed stuck in other situations for longer or who made like, who did abandon myself. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I will offer, I don't think this phrase of choiceless for me, one of the reasons I'm really loving it is it feels like a celebration because it feels to me like, like, I I built the momentum so that it's choiceless, choiceless, mm, right? I because I, there is some there's some awareness in the one. Like I, I came up recently, but there was like I don't know some conversation that I was like, oh, I'd really rather not have. But also like now that I've seen it, I can't unsee it, and so I have to have the conversation, right? Right. And 
and and there was no wavering there was no waffling of like will i or won't i it was just like this is what we do and so it was a choice but it there was only one option for me mm-hmm. and also for me those moments always feel like a celebration because it's like i have built up i've built up all all the so much of the momentum lives on the side of choosing myself mm-hmm. and so increasingly after a lifetime of the choice being to reject myself increasingly when there's two doors the only one i can really walk through is don't choose myself is to choose myself mm-hmm. yeah and and i really appreciate like just the more and more weight that goes behind that and makes that seem like and here again that's the only choice and here again that's the only choice mm-hmm. versus other times where it's like okay i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it i'm gonna choose myself <laughs> it, might be, it might suck yeah yeah <laughs> is that because that kind of also feel like what you're speaking to or am i taking it in a totally different direction victoria <laughs> i just love that that even it's like, wait, 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 we got to drill down on this choice list thing first, <laughs> because I I think I probably have like a fringy opinion on the choice list thing. Um, yes, we're here for the fringe. And this is getting really philosophical, right? So like, I'm also always... here for the philosophical. So you're, we're good. <laughs> yeah. I think increasingly to me, every decision that seemingly like I have made is just what's visible on the surface that's writing all of the experience, conditioning, circumstances, inputs that have been not under my total control. So for example, like when I had, I was at the peak of my health stuff and I ended up quitting my career, that felt choiceless because it was scary. It was scary. I can't do it. I can't do it. And then all, and then I was like, okay, I'm like blacking out and testing postmenopausal at 30. Like I'm going to do some serious damage to my health. I, I have to quit now. Um, was it a choice for me to have quit earlier? Maybe theoretically, but to me, all the weeks and months and years that I stayed were also choiceless because I wasn't ready or like there wasn't enough accumulated to get me to leave that. It was still too early. And and so like I for me, it's like the more I think about even the tiniest things, it's like they all tie back to something that was out of my control, whether it's where I was born you know, the time, the time and place here, who happened, who I happened to bump into, you know, like, for example, how did I meet Eva? She just happened to be in that cohort of this program, right? Like, that was not a choice. Um, So like, sure, I made a choice to like, talk to her and like, become friends, but it was ultimately choiceless to me. And I recognize that's not how everybody sees it. But that's kind of how that's what I mean when I'm using that term. (laughs) I love this (laughs) so much. I like to smile ear to ear. I mean, this gets into like the philosophical conversation of like free will or or whatever, but I hear you though. I hear you because I've been, it's essentially, um, uh, some, it, uh, so I've been like, so I have my teacher Tom and occasionally we'll have calls and like, um, in our, we had a call a couple weeks ago and he said something like, we were talking about losing, I was talking about losing control because, because, you know, I have this fear of like losing my mind or being too out there or whatever and he was like can you really ever lose anything can you actually lose something that was never yours <laughs> like you can't lose control because you were never in control in the first place like that's this is all an illusion like this is you are not breathing you are being breathed like by the universe and and i i feel like it's actually when i'm in my most present state that that i see that is true um, mm-hmm. and, you know, I could hear people, maybe there's some people who listen to this and like, yeah, totally. And then other, I could hear another, you know, group of people who are like that 
can't be possible. Like that's not true. Like, of course we have a choice. Otherwise, you know, what about morality, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thoughts, Kylie? Yeah, I think it takes a great deal. It, it, it takes a certain level of like, or a certain perspective, I think, to be able to like sit with this, this idea of choiceless in the way that we're talking about it, because to your point, like all of the morality stuff and do I even want to go here? I guess I do. Um, <laughs> like, I, I'm one of those people, I guess, that thinks like, if you took my consciousness and plopped it into a different life path with a different set of circumstances and suffering, like, I could do things that were bad, right? Or I could do things that were like, not seen as like, um, you know, in a certain light, because we're all, there's like, how do I know somebody else's experience? And so, from a morality perspective, it's like if we're all if we're all just part of this ever expanding consciousness that wants to know the light as well as the dark, like th there is a place for the dark too. And I'm not saying like my ego is like, no, no, but I'm not a fill in the blank. Um, but I can't guarantee that if I wasn't horrible things that some I wouldn't make a mistake or I wouldn't do something that would be seen as bad. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. 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 I. And my ego wants to be like, but also not a bad person. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you're speaking my language now because I talk a lot about, like, I call my retreats monster school, right? So mm -hmm. I'm, 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 I'm with you in this, in what you're speaking to. I think I'm also really fascinated by, and I'm so glad that Eva, you did your beautiful thing of like, wait, 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 just go back to choicelessness <laughs> I, because I love what you're speaking to. You know, we talk a lot on the show about surrender mm. and I increasingly, I feel like I'm constantly being like reinitiated into the reminder, like there is nothing to do to bring it back to your point at the beginning. Like there is nothing to do. There's just surrender and the illusion of control and there's surrender and the illusion of control. Mm -hmm. And, and in that paradigm, like if that's, if that's my truth, there's something potent about this choicelessness, which is slamming up against the, you know, Kylie who sat in like a philosophy class in college learning about predetermination and like was like really pissed off about it right because there's this way that there's this way that fate can feel like control there's this way that mm. this idea of fate can feel like this vice grip um it feels very cruel to me and and the way you're speaking to choicelessness it also to me has this feeling of like inevitability and like yeah, be the fucking leaf in the wind. And it's interesting because intellectual, like they're arguably the same thing. And also I'm like watching my body respond to these two different, these, these same ideas that are different ideas that I'm watching a different somatic response. So I don't have a tidy bow to put on this statement. I, other than I have something I want to add to what you're saying. Like, because right, you right. pointed out like, oh, I feel my body re responding in different ways to the, the, I don't know, just like the tone behind it, I guess. And to me, if we're all just consciousness and form and we're like living out this this dance of life right then to me like one of one of those ways that like sort of oh predeterminism feels and i don't i don't have a philosophy background so i'm a little bit out of my element with this but um, that was my philosophy background that yeah. class, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay but it's like to me that that sort of flavor of it is like showing up to the the play to the movie the game of life and being like fuck, I'm stuck here. Like, this, this is a bummer. I got I to gotta experience pain. Like, when, when do I get out of here? Like, is it an option to just, like, opt out versus, like, showing up to the to the set, right, to the game and being like, 
yeah, there's like some gnarly stuff in here, but like I get to be at the party and I'm going to enjoy it. You know, it's like, I guess it's like kind of like having a good attitude or not. If we want to like really, really simplify it. Um, but I don't think you can fake it and you can't make yourself have a good attitude if you don't feel that way about it. So not to get meta, but like that too is choiceless, <laughs> right? Via the experiences you have. Um, and, you know, I've certainly played in the the other camp too of like, is everything futile? But if it, if it means nothing, then what's the point? Because I think we have to be real with ourselves if that's something we're saying. Oh my God, I love that we've arrived at nihilism. I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, I'm surprised it doesn't come up more often in our podcast, Kylie. <laughs> yeah, because it does, like, that's the, to me, that's the, one of the things that's so scary in, in surrender, right? If I, like, watch, if I watch me who, like, sinks into surrender, she gets to the part of part, she, she gets to, like, 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 meaning making is such a, it, like, feels so important, right? And so, um, uh, it's part of it's part of the play that I like really want to hold on to, um, and um, and I think there's freedom in like you know, looking at what if nothing means anything or what if it doesn't mean the things that I think it means because I don't know there's a freedom. This conversation is opening up a lot more things than it, and so I feel like I just keep being like, yeah, yeah, yeah here's a half formed thought, yeah, yeah, yeah here's a half formed <laughs> thought, but okay, so. I mean, I hear you, Kylie. And again, I don't, I mean, we're, I think we're asking the big questions that don't have answers to. So that's why we don't have answers. But I will say, I agree. I, I can, I think it can be really, for me, it can feel terrifying or I don't like be having, feeling like I'm not in control or having a loss of control. But, um, but there's also something really liberating about it. Kylie, you and I have said many times this idea, like you're, I, I don't know how to explain it, but like you're, you're 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 not ready until you're ready like you're not ready until you're ready mm -hmm. and that time of when you're ready is like cute is not up to you it's, it's not really up to you like you can read the books and hire the people and take this ayahuasca retreat or like do these things um but what but like <laughs> what decides when you're ready it's it's all just like the all the past things in your life that had added up that like then make you ready and so i don't know I feel like I'm off the hook a little bit in a good way. Not like an, I don't, I'm trying to like shirk responsibility, but like it is surrender. It's like, okay, I'm not in charge. I am not fucking in charge. And so what if I could just trust and just, just, mm -hmm. and then like you, you fall deeper and deeper and deeper into like full on fucking surrender, which I mean, I think that's, that's the level of surrender that I think we're talking about. It's like just moment by moment, fucking living. And I think that's like enlightenment or like liberation of some sort. <laughs> <laughs> Let me know if you find out. <laughs> well, and also but, I, yeah, I, I, I mean, wonder if it's not uh, that complicated though, because I think I, I do think I, uh, I do think again, I'll reference Tom again, cause he's my only real reference for people who, who for someone who could live this way, but it's like the way of like, everything is allowed. That's it. Like, that's it. Everything is allowed. And there's no resistance. There's no story of like, this is bad. Like, you know, there's that Buddhist monk story about like, oh, who's to say what's good or bad? Like, maybe something that seems good right now could be a fucking shit show five years from now, you know? So, yeah. Sorry. Yes. You were gonna say something. Yeah. No, I was just going to agree with you on you, you quoting your teacher, Tom, of like, whatever is, is right. Because it is. <laughs> but but like so much easier said than done right and this this is where sort of like 
the more I deepen into into that phrase and like kind of this topic that we're talking about of like true acceptance, not in a like meme way, mm-hmm. but like but like oh acceptance of it feels like I'm gonna die right now with how uncomfortable something is. Yeah. And I accept that too. Like that that being with that more has evolved obviously my sense of integrity, right? And and this like am I trying to get a hit of using a tool to fix or change or control in some way? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So or yeah. I would even say for this for the spiritual folks, I think the real flex is for spiritual folks many people who are listening to this podcast, we're good at being like, oh, I feel like I'm going to die and let me just be with this because that is the the quote unquote spiritual practice. I think what I see so much, so what I also see is, oh, I'm resisting, I'm resisting, I don't want to die. And you can't just be with the fact that you're resisting because you're supposed to be spiritual. So you're supposed to be able to go into this and hold it all. And I would even invite you to to say, who's to say you're not supposed to resist? Like, Mm -hmm. that's not wrong either. Mm -hmm. It's like wherever you are at, but it that's like this weird weird dichotomy that yeah. happens when we get really spiritual we just think we're supposed to act we think we have there's a we have a version of what spirituality looks like let me try to match that rather than just be yeah. what we what we are right now which oftentimes is wailing unspiritual judgmental we're in our heads we're you know condescending or maybe we're all these quote like kylie what you speak to monstrous things we're greedy we're like we're assholes blah 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 and i think it's also being with all that yeah yeah i have a question oh Go ahead, sorry. No, go ahead. I have a question, which is how do you guys see like our relationship to either time or and or our attachment to like getting somewhere as like swirling into all of this? Like is your I don't know if is there like a hypothesis that like time drives urgency or what do you mean? I don't I don't I think I don't totally know, but I'm just sitting with my own as we're talking i'm watching where my own like resistance lives and so often for me my control is loud because i think i have to get somewhere mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um and of all the things to unhook from that one's really hard for me to unhook from like this week i mentioned i was like this is my like I'm visiting my family and we're having a nervous system week. Like, like that was the kind of my intention. Like I canceled almost everything on my calendar except for the Hell Universe pod. Mm-hmm. And um and and part of that, and like I was like, really like, I'm gonna read my book and put my feet up. And part of that was because, you know, so I'm in the middle of a launch and I kept feeling about feeling into the excitement of like, okay, like what do I want on the other side? This is like a big thing that I teach in like business stuff. It's like, what do I want on the other side? And realizing what I want is to be able to exhale. What I want is like a deep sense of like, oh, see, everything is great. I am I am so deeply taken care of. Like I'm taken care of beyond my wildest imagination, right? And I was like, okay, well, this is what I teach. What I teach is like, then you have to give yourself that now. Not even because that's the shortcut to getting what you want, but because that's just the fucking thing you want. So stop holding it off stop for some waiting, future, yeah. future point. Great, right. And so that's been like my kind of goal this week. Um, but yeah, but I, I I just I just watch again and and it's been really beautiful. But I just watch again and again how when control shows up, it's because I think I have to get somewhere or like accomplish something or arrive somewhere. And I guess I'm wondering if that's a me thing. 
<laughs> or if that's also like if also that's there for you guys does that make sense 100 percent makes ton of sense i have thoughts on this I'll, I'll interject first and then victoria i would love for you to take over but i think most people um like even if you're incredibly i think there's a it's a very small slither of humanity that like don't believe that they need to get somewhere i think most mm. people either consciously or unconsciously believe that that's what i think yeah. victoria what do you think oh that, that was okay that was a short one <laughs> yeah, yeah that was just like i, I was just okay. adding in a thought but i there's i'm sure yeah. there, there's more so my first thought kylie when you asked the question the first time was okay time is an illusion but just to say that is also kind of bypassy and and like when i it's like okay time is time is an illusion the same way like our bodies are an illusion like we're just swirling energy but like guess what i still gotta like eat and shit and like you know, time is real <laughs> right time is also real in that sense so so then i was trying to just connect it to like everything else we've been talking about and, and i think what you added on in the second part was like okay so time kind of like feels like this thing that can just that can feed more urgency or scarcity or whatever it is into these bigger it's like great we can talk about it at the abstract level but then if we add time in we've got to like live our lives how do i reconcile that maybe mm -hmm. um well i mean i guess what i want to say to that is okay but the idea that we have to get somewhere is like that's a part that feels like can use some examination or like dismantling right because i think even you asking it is like you're like naming like hmm, i feel like i need to get somewhere but like is that the thing that should be driving like my, my actions right well yeah sorry but go yeah, ahead. Is that, i just wanted to clear like is that i think it? yes and i think my question is i mean i had this like really great experience with mushrooms last summer where <laughs> my like real big takeaway was like oh yeah i'm already the cosmic ocean there's no like i'm not playing this game to be enlightened like i already am enlightenment right like i'm playing this game to like you see how grass feels and like you know experience like and so um and so i am i am I'm constantly reminded that there's no fucking where to go, right? That feels like one of the things. And yet it's one of the most insidious things for me that like comes back and back and back is like, oh, here I am trying to get somewhere again. Oh, here I am trying to get somewhere again. Um, and so I guess my question, I think maybe my question is twofold. One, one question is very selfishly, like how do you walk yourselves through if trying to get somewhere is showing up, unhooking from it? And then my other question, I think, is like so in this game of surrender where is your loudest pattern of resistance where does control show up loudest for you i like these questions <laughs> um <laughs> do you okay actually i should have i should have gotten your birth info before the call kylie but do you know like much about how your human design yes works? i am a manifesting generator and i'm a one three profile do you remember if you have a defined or undefined route like oh that's no. okay. Um, no. I, I know I know Eva has an undefined route, but but the reason why I ask is just like, to me, and this is actually answering maybe the second part of your question, because here's the thing, I think whether or not anyone specifically feels like they have to get somewhere, I think we all have some version of the mind telling us things aren't the way they should be, mm -hmm. right? And to me, the map of things aren't the way they should be is everywhere that you're white or black in your design, whether you feel undefined route, like like stress, urgency, I gotta, I gotta like hurry and do something, or I gotta prove myself. That's like a big one for 70% of the population. Mm -hmm. Um, so for me, like a big part of what's been helpful is to literally see like 
my chart doesn't know me and yet it calls out every little piece of my own bullshit Mm. like what (laughs) so there's that um and then to the first part of the question wait what was the remind me what the first part was how to walk myself through it yeah yeah I mean I I guess it's an continuation of that what I just said and like seeing like okay these are my mental these are my what like ego mind patterns around denying or arguing with reality and it's sure like we can play that game and there's also nothing wrong with that did that for a long time continue to do that and then and I think this gets to sort of you know the meditation the mindfulness whatever your tools are human design happens to be mine of okay so now I can identify with my awareness and my consciousness and just watch the mind do its dance and and argue with reality when actually there, there is no way to go but it's one thing to intellectually know that and it's another to have the body nervous system safety and, and like embodiment of then actually inhabiting the other place as opposed to still kind of like trying to hop up in the mind so i mean i'm still definitely working on that um but i think just it's one of those things it's like the the more you see it the less power it has mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah which also then comes back to your point about choicelessness, which I'm also yes. to me is also making me think of like the inevitability, right? Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah, just the more you see it, it's just, yeah. yeah. It just... Which is why there isn't, we don't need to have that fixation like doing and fixing mm-hmm. and doing and fixing. And, you know, when we get to that point where it doesn't feel great yeah. anymore. Yeah. I just love that you are both my friends and like this is the kind of conversation <laughs> that we could have. And I just, Kylie, I love your questions. Like, this is, this is where when you ask these questions, I'm like, that's my girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, <but> like, <laughs> it's such good questions and I want to come back because so wait um, how do you walk the questions how do you walk yourself through it and then the other one was like where does it show up loudest for you like that you got to get somewhere yeah right? uh, I you know or, or no sorry I'm curious specifically where control and resistance to surrender is loudest for you for oh. me it's about like arriving at a place but I'm curious but it occurs to me that that's not necessarily everyone's hang up Maybe it is yours. Oh, interesting. I think you and I have the same similar hang up in that way. But I feel like my resistance is the way that I read it for me is that, yeah, I have the story of I need to get somewhere, but that's just a trauma response to my deepest, darkest fear, which is that I'm not safe because of like past abuse mm. that I had as a kid. So like I'm like everything that I do in my life is seriously like a hyper vigilant, not everything, but all the control stuff. It's my hyper vigilant way of being like, it's like my lizard brain. It's not even c- conscious, you know, it's like animal brain in survival mode, be like safety, safety, like whatever. And and also I equate success or arrival as safety because then it means that I'm whatever. It means I've arrived. Or I don't know. It means I, I'm worthy or I can be seen, blah, 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 blah. Finally are safe. Yeah. 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 So, but it is like a, but all of that, all of my desires and all of my like, that is all related to safety because I can tell every time I ask myself, I'm like, what's going on here? I'm like, oh, I just, I'm just hysterical right now. I'm just like really freaked out. Even if it's quiet, like my, my mm. little self is like almost hysterical, but like in a subtle way. Um, and I will say the choicelessness thing is coming up because I've resigned to the fact that like, I might just be like this my entire life until I die and then get reincarnated into a different version of myself. Like, it's nice that I, you know, I, I wake up and then I fall asleep. I wake up and then I fall asleep. So it's almost like I have these moments of huge peace and and 
like I see things clearly and I'm like, oh, I I get it. Like like you were saying, I am, you know, I, I'm just here to touch grass and, and drink cold water and enjoy that. But then I fall back asleep. And I think I do wonder, like I do wonder if someday like the suffering of this bullshit is going to drive me crazy enough where I'm just going to be like, fuck it. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. And then maybe I'll be ready. But if I were ready, it would have happened already. Do you know what I mean? Like, meaning when I say it would happen already, meaning this all would have already gone away and this wouldn't be an issue. And I will say there have been times in my life, you know, like, I'm sure we all can relate, like, in my teens and then in my 20s where I struggled with something so much and I just assumed I was always going to be this way. And then one day it just, like, fell off. And I was like, I don't know how this happened, but like I used to be really fucking messy and I worried that I was going to be messy my entire life because I was like, I don't know how to change this. And then it just changed. So there's also a way I it think it's not changed it, for me. Yeah. I am messy. <laughs> I am committed to that path. Yeah. I mean, there are tons of things that I still, you know, hold true, like my anxiety or, you know, whatever that are still there, but there are, but I know, you know, you've spoken of things that without efforting so hard, it was just time. Like it just yeah. changed and maybe it was choiceless. <laughs> there was there was a second part of the surrender piece that I feel like I didn't, I have more thoughts on. Um, I think it's like a, what's the right way to put this? Like we like to think that we can like choose to surrender when we want to surrender because things are hard and like we should just know that it's time to surrender. But like surrender is actually, there's nothing else I can do and I'm just like prone, my hands are like open and it's like, take me, right? And I feel like even what you were saying before about like things just dropping off, like this is a really silly example, but it just dropped in of like, you know, when when I was like 15, I wanted to like date the hot guy. And then I like, you know, had whatever experiences that like didn't work out the way I wanted. And then there was nothing left to do. And like, I wanted something different, you know? Mm. <laughs> Of like, yeah, just um, the, the folly that like we can choose to get to surrender when we want to, as opposed to when it chooses us. Oh, I love this <laughs> so much. Yeah, surrender is not even a thing that you do. It just happens to you. Yeah. Oh. Uh, oh, I just blown our minds. Yeah. Podcast listeners, Kylie and I are just over here like, I don't know. I have my like face, my hands and my, my face. Tears my, in my, my yeah. eyes. <laughs> and I have like my... My face in my hands because I'm just like, oh, this is so. I I love hate this. Is this. So fun. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's yeah. great. But like this idea, I love this idea that surrender chooses us. Like the the idea, it's all it's all hilarious. It, it goes back to the silliness of like, oh, haha, like you think you choose when to surrender, but that's just another illusion of like that's something that you control. Yeah. I, I, and wow. and all of this just actually feels like. It does, though, actually, I think, make me feel more comfortable with surrendering, as in just don't need to fucking try so hard. Don't need to, like, control so much. Don't need to effort so much. Don't need to worry so much. Just kind of let life happen for me. Yeah. Again, easier said than done. There's... I am rel- Oh, go ahead. No, no, no go, go ahead. ahead. I want to hear. I want to hear what you're going to say. Oh, just I'm just relishing this so much this reminder just like what I'm feeling in this moment is the way in which sometimes I think about how everything is infinite like every every individual experience right so I've spoken before the podcast about like 
shame itself being actually like there's infinite depths of it, right? There's infinite joy. There's infinite, and I'm experiencing right now like, and the idea of surrender itself is infinite. But also, I often find when I like, like when I like peel back to like peek at like the next the next layer down, right? I'm like, oh, this isn't what I expected. That's another thing that comes back to me a lot. Is like, it's never it's like a, like a phrase that dropped in for me once during a really profound experience. Like, it's never what you think it is, and I'm having a little bit of that. That your comment around like, basically, like Eva talks about the universe breathing us and like surrender, like just like surrender, like like surrender, almost like surrender is a grace that arrives, right? Rather than a thing that you do feels like another layer of like, it's not what you think it is. Once again, like su- surprise and delight. Ha ha ha. And I'm <laughs> just really relishing that experience. Yeah. I'm glad you said that first. Cause I was going to just another facet. Cause part of me was like, man, okay. Like let's ground this human Victoria time urgency. One like time related thing that I've personally been sitting with is like, and this doesn't, I don't know. I feel like it can be really heavy for some people around like age and milestones of like, oh, I'm 30. So this should have happened. I'm 40. So this should have happened. And I don't feel, I want to say, I don't feel like it's been super heavy in my life. That said, um, just given, you know, all of these different life transitions that I've gone through in the last like three or so years, I have been sitting with like, okay, what would it feel like if, as I consider like new chapters and options and whatever, what if I was 25 again? Like, or what if I had just graduated college? Not in a like, you know, trying to pretend things are were a different way, but just like that sort of beginner's mind and using mm. age as a way to reset to like, okay, if there isn't any specific milestone attached to a certain age, but I can kind of show up to life now with that same sort of like, the stakes aren't as high as you think they are, right? To go back to like, we think we should be somewhere that feeling like if the stakes if you can like reset where you think the stakes should be like how does that create more space so mm. that's something more like practical maybe that to respond to that part of your question whoa i like that a lot i like that a lot i think i'm one of those people who actually like gets really stuck in age and like milestones and like sh- shoulds and um... do you you don't strike me i mean i don't feel like i've heard you you know like like I think it's something that I like, I actively, I think it's something I actively push back against because I feel like it's there. So Mm. yeah. Um, And probably less so than before. Yeah. (laughs) I'd say, yeah, maybe in a way as I get older, less so, but I think it's still always there a little bit. Um, But that is, so, so that's why I love what you said. It's like a playground of like, yeah, there's a lot of freedom. I think when I ask myself that question of like, Mm-hmm. yeah um yeah because it's always going to be that way right like you know you know it's like there's um people are like oh I look at pictures of myself when I was like in high school and I wish I could just tell her like you were beautiful then you weren't too fat or whatever and it's like that'll be true when I'm like 50 looking back at 30 year old version of me so yeah part of I that think, I think about that was like why can't I just do that now <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. yeah I think about that yeah all the fucking time like it's true now and it's true now and it's true now and it's true now like mm-hmm. i had um i had this really beautiful conversation with a good friend of mine who will be on the show soon and listen to the show so hi ellen if you listen to this one and um and we were she gave me such a gift because I, I i i do get 
I'm very ambitious. And so I get, I get hung up on age in terms of like, uh, it's like an impatience of, it's really about like, will I get there? Right. And so I get hung up on age sometimes um, from that perspective. Um, and I say that ambitious, like, it's just, it's a thing that I've like come to like pretend for a while I pretended it wasn't true. Then I was embarrassed of it. And now I'm just like, I'm just a hungry motherfucker. It's just true. Right? Which I <laughs> but love, anyway. which I love. I think I love your, I, it's just funny. Cause I would have never thought that that was something to be embarrassed about, especially for better or worse, because our society like does celebrate it. And that doesn't necessarily. Well, I think that was part of why I was embarrassed. Right? Cause it, cause when I was younger, it brought a lot of suffering because it was really attached to like mm. the thing that I was hungry for was other people's approval. So it was ambitious for like, my boss's approval or got it, you got know, it, yeah. like a client test whatever well, right. it's just like a, a you know a, a corporate customer to like me or whatever and um but now now my hunger feels more deeply rooted to like oh like i'm ambitious to like yeah anyways it's 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 evolved in a way that feels more nourishing so um um but anyway my 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 friend my friend ellen is is older than me and she made some comment about like loving the show and then said and you're and you're also so young and like I'm really excited for all the ways like you'll get to like continue evolving and figuring figuring out you know you in the world and it was just that sh- it was a thing I didn't know I needed to hear you know what I mean because uh in that moment I felt so nourished because of course I'm young and I'm also old, right? Like, right to like my twenty-year-old cousin, I'm old, and to Ellen, I'm young, and and my I, like, it was like such a gift of like perspective that oh, there's so much time to like quote unquote figure out or like to make the art, right? Because I've also been playing a lot with like, what if this is all just my art? Um, and um, yeah, it just it just felt like one of those moments that was like, oh, I didn't know that I needed to hear that until I heard it, and so thank you. <laughs> Yeah. And I gained, you shared that with me and I gained from it too. Yeah. Cause it's perspective. We forget. We like, yeah, we totally forget. What else is feeling alive for you, Victoria? Anything else? I feel like, I feel like that was some big stuff. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, this question's half formed, but I'm wondering if you shared this beautiful thing about integrity and evolution of you and your business. Um, in the beginning and I'm wondering how kind of surrender and choicelessness weaves in there for you well thank you for the question (laughs) the question I didn't know I wanted to be asked (laughs) okay so wait can you ask it one more time because it was like deep and I had a reaction but my conscious brain wasn't really (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, sure thing sure thing so you spoke at the beginning about um integrity and the evolution of you as a as a business owner in your business and then you shared about like Surrender and and I'm curious how surrender and choicelessness shows up in that evolution. Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. So as my sense of what feels like interesting and alive and like what I want to share in the business as that has evolved, um, my ego mind has hated it. Mm -hmm. It's it's been like, this is terrible. Like and I guess to like give maybe a little more context, um, to me, what I kind of now refer to in my inner psyche is like version 1.0 of my human design offerings was like, what I was excited, what, what like 2019, 2020 me was excited about. Mm. And I mean, I still think that 
I mean, I, I love human design. I was like called into it. Um, but so much of what I was doing kind of in earlier versions was teaching about like the system and telling people like, this is who you are and this is your, you know, your purpose, whatever. And those things are, I mean, I still do that. Um, but it started to feel, but yeah, it started to feel like it was just staying at the surface. And I started to feel like a slot machine where it was like party trick. Like, tell me about myself. Tell me about mm-hmm. myself. Tell me about myself. And, and I still do that. But I, what has evolved is that's a doorway into how can you be with yourself completely? How can mm. you be with life no matter how it is? Right. So, um, you know, even, even I met in a context where we were talking about like, what's the frequency with which we imbue our businesses. And so to me, like human design is just the, the thing that I, that I tell you I do. So you have a way to come into me. Right. But what we actually do, the alchemy of, yeah, coming into full acceptance of everything that is and what happens when you bump up against limitation and how do you handle that? Like, and then that's me pulling in like my decade with like the nervous system and somatics and all these other things, right? Like that's really what the business is about. And I didn't know that in 2020 Mm -hmm. and 2021. Now I know it, um, but it's required. I mean, one, it's been choiceless because human Victoria is like, but it works. The old way works. Like, and and she's honestly been um, very upset that yeah. I can't get myself to write, you know, like two posts a week about five, like love letter to a generator, like like, and you know, I did those. I nothing again, nothing wrong with them, but that's not interesting to, I guess, the business anymore because something else wants to come through. But um, I don't fully know what that is yet, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's massive surrender in allowing self and business to evolve and it's felt very choiceless because and i know that because she doesn't like it (laughs) um and that's okay because in to go back to the question that we opened with of like what something life's teaching you and i said like well there's been some gifts and feeling stuck it's like yeah like and ironically like being stuck is like part of my design and like part of my purpose, LOL. Uh, <laughs> because people come to me and they're like, tell me my purpose, right? And some people in human design have really beautiful sounding things like vessel of love. You're here to just show everybody the love in the world. But then there are people that have crosses like the cross of tension, the cross of conflict, minus the cross of limitation. So, so like, you know, if I were to like deal with me as a client and she was like, what's my purpose? I'd be like, well, and, and here's the big one. How do I do it? Mm. And it's like, you don't need to do your purpose. Like for me, I come up across and bump up across limitation all the time. I naturally will have periods where I feel stuck, but in the stuckness is the forging of my ability to face change, my ability to be with what is difficult. And I mean, who knows how it's going to look, right? I knock on wood, have a lot of life left. Um, but that purpose is just unfolding as I exist, as I be. So that's been choiceless. Mm. And- <laughs> oh, I love this so <laughs> much. And I also just want to witness you in the mock of being stuck because I think especially when it is like a creative, soul-nourishing project, like our businesses have the potential and also our source of stability. Like it can feel so difficult to be patient with ourselves in that process and um like i i 
I, so I'm like an idea person, right? One, three, like that's my whole right? But a friend once was like, oh, you're a mad scientist. And that like just tucked right into my heart, right? <laughs> um, and I witnessed this a lot with, um, with like, with ideas, right? What I hear you speaking to is like, there's something new that's coming, some new iteration of you, some new offer in the world, some new like way of embodying and expressing your art and your work and your wisdom. And also like, it's not cooked yet. Mm. It's just not cooked yet. And I think I get so, I like to like giddy and jazzed for you because even as I'm like, oh, I know that place of like, you know, feeling, I know that place of feeling like stuck and impatient and just like, oh, the wheels won't turn. And like the wheels are in the mud and they're like, just like spitting, you know? And I also feel so jazzed for you because I know, ah, oh, like those are when the best fucking ideas are being cooked, you know? Mm. The ones that just like come from that, like, just like this deep embodiment of like being in something and then allowing it to reveal itself to you. I, I realize now I'm just like waxing poetic about ideas, <laughs> <laughs> but I just can't help but feel both like deep compassion and like truly jazzed and excited um, for this moment that you're speaking to. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I can't wait to see what it births. Yeah. Yeah. And like, maybe because as I was listening to that, I was like, I want to just add a little more, in terms of like practicality is like I like I feel fully baked right mm -hmm. it's just so it's like people who want to come work one-on-one -on -one and in sessions like that feels really good it's more I felt stuck because like these big group programs and like that mm -hmm. kind of thing that's where the integrity piece comes in because I'm like oh I don't want to just do a program at the surface yeah I don't even know if I want to do a program if it's just to like do a program but like the frequency and the like I'm so much more clear on what the system is and what it has to offer beyond the the tool as a subtle form of bypass. Mm. Um, I'm like, let's go. Like, uh, you know, and, and the people that have come through my doors in the last, let's call it like four to six months. I'm like, whoa, this is like a new level of person, you know? Mm. So mm. yeah, I think there's like more to come, but also like, it's very interesting to watch myself not I mean, sure, the mental temptation to squeeze it out is still there, but like, yeah, there's way less actually acting on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I also love, I think that's also what happens when we're, like, the deeper we are embodying our wisdom, right? Like, we can be in a state of, and perhaps this isn't your language and your moment, but I find myself often, like, in a state of actively dissolving while also still having this, like, deep wisdom and space holding available right so like some part of me is like oh there's some old way of doing business or holding space is dying off and also it no longer has to be this process like stop the train everything yeah. has to stop right because it's like like there's a yeah a level of like yeah like a level of depth that I have access to and I feel like hey, so I hear you speaking to that's like yeah like these people are coming in and it's like a next level um like fit and also something is like churning in the background and um i don't know i'm i'm i just can't help i just am getting all i just am feeling this like sense of excitement <laughs> to this like everything you're speaking to <laughs> thank you i'll take it i i was actually more stuck on something completely different that you had said victoria in, in that chair about how like version one or version what did you call it 1.0 of 
your business or how you were doing human design is like mad at the version of you now because they're like, well, mm -hmm. you can't do it. Why can't you do it the way that you were doing before? And also it worked, right? Um, <laughs> that just, I saw myself so much in that. It like was very, mm -hmm. you gave me language for something that I feel like I've been experiencing a lot of this idea of like, you know, because I'm in transition and because I'm, um, I'm, I'm, I'm given this opportunity where I'm in this space where I can create kind of a new life. And I've been doing a lot of reflection around like, what do I want now? And who am I now? And now that this part of my life has died off, what's going to be birth, blah, blah, blah. And I find myself, maybe it's because that's the only point of reference that I have. I think that's why reinvention and recreation really needs to be an act of creativity and not just looking back towards your old references. But I have these conversations of like, well, before I was dating Adam or back in my 20s, or I did this, or I did this. And ex I can see that like young version of me expecting my almost 40 year old version of me to also be like, to be like that, or like, or to have my body be a certain way. Like, like, I'm not as like physically strong as I used to be. And I have this expectation that there's just that I'm just, there's just so much comparison to like the, whatever, Eva, I wouldn't call it 1.0, mm -hmm. but much earlier version of that. And yeah, she's, she doesn't want to die, but she's, she's already dead. She's already like, there's no going back to that. I can't, there's no going back to that. And even trying, I think is, I can tell that it's not right because it just feels shitty. If there's like a dissonance, there's a, um, it's exhausting. It's not where I'm meant to go. And so this, again, maybe bring this back to like how our lives are like an art. Cause it is a recreation of something. And, and I think it's, it, when I think of creativity, it's like really, using your imagination to create something new and fresh. And I don't know if this makes sense. That's kind of, that's where I kind of feel like I am right now. And I'm just really noticing, calling out that I don't want to have to go back to Eva 1.0 or whatever version that was. Mm. Even as we love her. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> she's not, yeah, she's not in charge anymore. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and really simply oh. put, it's, you know, even to listeners, I wonder if there, there have to be, I can't be the only one. I imagine this is a common thing where people go back and compare themselves to their old version of themselves. Sometimes it's like their old version of themselves was shittier and now you've like evolved so much that you're like, oh, look at much, how much I've grown. But I also do hear the story, especially as we get older, this idea of like, oh, but in my, when I was younger, I did this and that was really good. And I want to like get back to that. And maybe it's, it's not that you, it's it's just more of a starting from where you are now or recreation from where you are now. Does that make sense? I mean, I also see this a lot. Yes. And I, I see this a lot in like, um, like I see a lot in like business coaching, right? It's like, well, my audience, you know, it used to, I always did X or I always had this offer or I always, you know, grew, like showed up in Instagram as my main space and I hate Instagram now. And I'm to it's totally zapping the life for me, but also like it's what I've always done and that there's this like, the death that's happening and then there's this process of like but it, it it used to work and so I can't let it die and so there's this I, I I mean I'm guilty of it myself and I watch it happen a lot it's like like you said like it's actually already dead you are holding on to something that isn't alive anymore and uh yeah, that's starting to interject and, that's the interesting piece is like it is actually already dead like it's dead yeah. and we're just trying to like it's interesting like because I don't know if we already noticed that it's dead, but it's dead and you're just trying to hold on to it. <laughs> because I think the moment you like confusing. see that, yeah. The moment like it's not working, it's already gone. 
Yes. But I also think part of the confusion is like knowing what is dead, right? Like, mm. okay, this is such a small example, but I will just share transparently. Like my my business, like it started in Facebook and in this beautiful Facebook group. And like all of my customers, like really beautiful relationships, really great community was like in this Facebook group. And it's not the place anymore. And I find, I can feel in my body when I show up on Facebook, I'm like, when I go, just go to like put the post up, there's like this like kind of like heaviness in my body and, and like some grief around like what the space was. And some of it is just like algorithm. Some of it is like Instagram feels more fun, right? Like whatever, whatever. And so I know that there is a death that is like actively happening for like the Kylie who had a face, like it's just, it's a tiny thing. And also part of me isn't clear is like, is the death that like, I just let go of control that this is an important place is the death that I kill it off entirely. Like, so there's also this phase of like, I know that something is dying, but I also don't actually know what it is. So which in this moment, I'm like, oh, and this goes back to the choiceless. It's like, I could stop figuring it out. I could just <laughs> let it show me what is what is actually dying. Okay, yeah. thanks. Yeah. That's, yeah. I, when you said that, I just think of like in a relationship when you know it's about to end, but it's not time to break up yet. That period, I feel like for me is like so hard. It's like, okay, I know what's coming. Like, can I just be there? But it's like, wait, like, and mm. can I be yeah. okay being there too? That's beautiful. Yeah. 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 Wow. Well, he sorry. was like, yep, I know. <laughs> I know. But actually the thing is, it's not just my recent split. It's that's been every breakup I've ever had. Every breakup yeah. I've ever had, when I think about it, there was always a moment where I was like, where I knew way before it actually happened and i didn't want to yeah. know but it already it was like that the moment that came in it was already done it was done like it, yeah. it's so funny to think about it was already and i and i've been and then i've been in that in-between phase that limbo phase where i'm like i thought like fuck i know it's already done but we're not broken up yet and so now we just got to write this piece out Oh, because yeah. because but, but, but the limbo phase was perfect yeah that was exactly it you wasn't know? bad and, and to be clear when i say like it was already done i wouldn't consciously necessarily know but it just looking back it's like it was so clear that like it could yeah it, choiceless it couldn't have been anything else but that process <laughs> yeah this choiceless thing is really interesting i mean yeah. here's the thing right like this is another trope like or how does it go it's like some version of like the universe has your back. It happened exactly the way it's meant to happen. Okay. If we really believe that, and I really do, and we can look back at the past and be like, hindsight is twenty twenty. It all worked out the way it's meant to. That also applies going forward. So like everything in the future that we're like worried about or like, I don't know, like maybe that's the mm -hmm. wrong thing. That's also going to happen the way it's meant to. I don't know. For me, my, when no, I, like, my body doesn't like that. Myself, my body's like, like, no, no, no. I can't be true. I, I can control that. <laughs> yeah. Right. But do you see the like logical fallacy? Because if I believe that's true for everything in the past, then how could it not be true going forward? Mm -hmm. And when I caught myself on that, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. I can feel like worry as just like this pal that's like, please don't make me go away. That's yeah. what I'm observing. Like, I, it's funny. So I shared before we hit record that I had acupuncture for the first time today, and it was. Oh yeah, so we were going to share acupuncture stories. We'll get we'll get to that. I'm glad you brought that up. Okay, sorry. <laughs> it was so great. No, it's okay. But one of the things that was really profound as I like fell into the deepest sleep in the world for my 20 minutes of being all poked with pins was um, I could observe with such clarity that I am not mind. 
it was this really great experience of like, oh, I am this body. Hey, Bob. <laughs> right. I just could like, I could just actually witness how much mind is just like this, like, you know, we know this, but then we have these moments where we can actually experience that mind is just this like thin veneer on the top. And it was really crystal clear for this moment. And I was so grateful for that. And that is like coming back now, again, as you're speaking it to like the kind of inevitable choiceless grace of the future. And worry is like, but what do we do if we don't have a job? <laughs> you know, like mm -hmm. we have one job on the ship and we're really good at it and it's worry, AKA your narration, right? Same, same. And so like, what do you mean everything's gonna be fine? So that's just interesting to observe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, worry, that's drama. Yes. <laughs> oh. oh, everyone's in like drama costumes now. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. And the mind loves drama. You know, it's like, yeah. it's entertaining and it's, it is true. I do think sometimes like I will observe my mind and I'm like, oh, I, I, I choose this because I know this, but mm. also because, yeah, for a plethora of reasons. Also the, the question of like, what do you do if, who, Kylie, and I feel like this has come up a lot with the two of us recently. Like, who am I if I, if I'm not, this or what do I do if I don't worry it's like we don't even know it's like this death um that yeah I think that's that's that question is exactly it that's the question like I don't know that's that's the journey of figuring it out like that's the quest that's the that's the fun of it it's like um I don't know go answer that question like yeah who are you if you're not you know who am I Eva if I'm not I don't know whatever what am I really identified with um someone who needs to get somewhere <laughs> then yeah. it's like then what do i do but um i think that i think what i do come back to is like i don't have to do anything i don't do it it's like whatever i fucking want to go do right now <laughs> yeah yeah do you joy yeah i think so I mean, how are you feeling victoria was there anything right. that we that we didn't ask that we should have that you would have liked us to I don't think so. I had no like agenda, you know what I mean? Like personal agenda. It was just to show up and have a great conversation with you both, which I feel like we have. Yeah. So. <laughs> check. Yes. Check. And yeah, just, um, I had no idea where this conversation was going to go too. And I'm, I am not surprised that this is how it went. <laughs> just like you bringing your energy. I think that, yeah, this is, this is like my kind of conversation. So, um, so grateful for the for both of you. Um, all right, so we're gonna do joy. What is one thing that's bringing you joy right now, Victoria? Oh, I had two things. Is that okay? Oh my god, yes. Absolutely. The more the merrier. Okay. <laughs> um, the first one is I'm back in California, and being able to go to the farmers market here, like, oh, mm. just there's like one stand that has the best produce. In particular, there's something called arugula rab, which is like mature arugula with the flower attached. Mm. And just like being able to get little specialty things, which, you know, I grew up in California. So this is like my standard. Having been gone for two, three years, it's like, oh, yes, I'm back. And like the oro blancos and like the local avocados. Anyway, mm. so that's been great. And then on the personal practice level, even knows this, I've been getting really into breath work and that has been moving so much stuff in my system um, and related to what we've been talking about, just like accepting it all. I have been having crygasms 
which I didn't know you could have, but that's been really fun. Whoa, wait, yes, you're going to have to, you're going to have to. Did I not look at it? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I guess I didn't go into that much detail with you, Eva. So, um, yeah, like some of the breathwork I've been doing has been specifically around releasing grief and feeling like my body process that Mm. like you know a cry will like a cry will sort of like in the same way like you inhale and then you exhale or like for people that have like done mdma and like you feel your body rolling it's like that exhale feeling the cry will exhale and then turn into like this warmth kundalini like body rolling Mm. sensation and i just didn't even know that could happen and the paradox of like you know i've had teachers or whoever tell me like or ask like can you find like the sweetness in the pain and again, like me not that long ago would be like, what? Like, no, no, this is just bad. This just feels bad. But so to experience that has been like so profound. Yeah, that's really exquisite. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. And I would love to talk to you more about breath work at some point. Kylie, have you ever tried breath work? Like um, a little bit here or there, but nothing no, um, like early in my early, I did, and I remember being like, "I fucking hate this," <laughs> and I've done it a little bit since then, but nothing super, um, nothing with like that deep or with that much like structure around it. So it's something I'm interested in, but I can also feel I have a lot. I have like a lot of resistance to it in a way that I'm like, "Oh, you'll be fun someday." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like you know, there's like enough resistance. It's like, oh, there's something here. Yeah, so, yeah. I have, yeah. I have yet to really try it, so maybe one day um anyway uh kylie would you like to share your joy sure yeah so uh i'm visiting my family in maine this week kids are on vacation and so we're all up here and my mom has two dogs my brother has three dogs and my (laughs) mom is watching her brother's dog so there's basically like six dogs around oh my gosh that sounds like an amazing madhouse in the best way. Oh my god! Plus my two kids, they my kids are just like beside themselves with happiness. Like they love these dogs so much, obviously. And my uncle's dog, my mom's watching, is literally named Happy because Aww. it's the happiest dog ever. Oh my god, they're just so cute. It's just like literally like 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 a herd of children and dogs <laughs> <laughs> like running back and forth in this huge house. Oh, that oh, is so cute. It's just really cute. They're really sweet, and it's and I just love watching how much my kids and my son get like so excited to feed the animals. He's like, "Is it time?" He's like, "He's such a Capricorn." He like it gets really excited to like be industrious. <laughs> <laughs> and then Birdie, my little Pisces dreamer, gets really excited to pretend to be a dog with them. So she <sighs> is a dog named Lucky Star, and she goes woof woof woof. And oh my god, it's so cute. So that's what's bringing me joy. Joy, love it. That sounds so nice. A dog yeah. pack, a uh, yeah. dream. Yeah, yeah. That sounds yeah. Nice. and then none of them are small also like they are all like medium to large Sorry. dog this is yeah extra hilarious I, yeah you showed me some pictures oh i love a fucking black lab like so freaking cute i'm actually just caught by this new information that i i may be new but did not put all together i knew that desi is a capricorn and birdie's a pisces so that's gonna be an interesting that's a show <laughs> well, interesting also, watching them grow desi up has a, desi has a pisces moon so he is like, like very very tender yeah. and sensitive with his like industrious um you know yeah he's he's a oh i love that combo i love that yeah 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 yeah. Um, and then by birdie's moon sign is leo so she's just like everybody love me and also i can i'll just scream if i need to yeah Yeah. powerhouse right there um 
Yeah. Okay, I will share my joy. Uh, actually, my joy is kind of a double-edged sword. It's, I'll, yeah, I'm not exactly sure how I feel about. It. There is some joy there for sure, and I think you both know. I know Kylie knows because I talked about it, like just my undying love for food. Um, always. Mm-hmm. I think, I think my joy is that I've been cooking more because in my old relationship with Adam, he was the chef. He cooked everything. He went to the supermarket. He, which was, gr- which was great actually. Like. Like never having to go to the supermarket and just have like food up here is a wonderful thing. Um, but I did know that in that time I felt more disconnected from food because I think there is something to like mm-hmm. I, I used to love cooking. I used to love Yeah, just there there yeah, to be connected to food, I think the cooking process can feel really important, like an important part of that. So I say it's a double edged sword because I do think that sometimes um Food would be a huge pain in the ass. Like I eat three meals a day. So like I got to have three meals a day. That's a lot of food to like feed a person. And I also look forward to eating every day. Um, But yeah, so more cooking is a thing that's made me joy. It's also more time consuming. Um, But I love going to the supermarket. Like the supermarket's a joyful Mm. place for me. And it could be like stressful because I'm like, which I like price compare and blah, blah, blah. And I, my Capricorn brain does that. But anyway, overall, I think this is a very good thing. And I'm, I'm happy to get back to something that I knew was missing for a while. Oh, I love that. Yeah. yeah. All right, Victoria, where can people find you? How can they work with you? Yeah, well, I am on Instagram, victoriajane.hd. And I would say if you go there, sign up for my email newsletter, because I think that's feeling like this space where I can just share without having to, without it being quite such a heavy lift. And yeah, if you want to work one-on-one or chat and do a session about human design i'm here for it and uh there will be some group stuff coming out which you'll find out about by email so if you're curious to learn how the end of the story goes or at least the next chapter <laughs> that's where you can find me <laughs> exciting i'm very excited that's awesome yay yeah yeah thank you so much for having me on oh my god this is so much fun <laughs>